السلام علیکم و رحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم والصلاۃ والسلام علی رسوله الكریم رب اشرح لي صدری ويسر لي امری واحلل عقدۃ من لسانی یفقهوا قولی اللهم اهد قلبي وسدد لسانی واسلل سخیمۃ قلبی آمین یا رب العالمین کتاب الحج وی ور ڈوئنگ باب نمبر 34 وچ از اباؤٹ دا تھری ٹائپس اف حج باب التمتعی والاقرانی والافراد بالحج And we were looking at the different evidences from the sunnah which show that either or any of these hajj are basically correct. So whatever is easy for a person, they can perform that. And of course, out of the three, which one is the better one? Which one? Hajj tamattur. And then of course, ikran and then ifrad. So inshallah, we'll continue with hadith where we left off. So, حدثنا محمد بن المثنى حدثنا غندر حدثنا شعبة عن قيس بن مسلم عن طارق بن شهاب عن أبي موسى رضي الله عنه قال قدمت على النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فأمره بالحل So in this hadith we see that Abu Musa al-Ash'ari رضي الله عنه reported that I reached the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and basically Imam Bukhari does not narrate everything over here in this narration specifically what is mentioned is that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم told him to come out of the state of Ihram and we learned about this incident earlier where Abu Musa رضي الله عنه when he met the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he asked him the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم asked him that what intention do you have and Abu Musa said that I have the same intention as that of you And because Abu Musa radiallahu anhu had not brought a sacrificial animal with him, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told him to do Umrah, and then after Umrah, exit the state of Ihram. And then put on Ihram again for Hajj. So here we see that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ordered him to come out of Ihram after Umrah. So this shows that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam commanded him to do which type of Hajj? Basically, Hajj Tamattur. حدثنا إسماعيل قال حدثني مالك وحدثنا عبد الله بن يوسف أخبرنا مالك عن نافع عن ابن عمر عن حفصة رضي الله عنهم Do you see the names over here? Imam Malik is taking the hadith from Imam Nafi who is taking the hadith from Abdullah ibn Umar who is taking the hadith from حفصة What's the connection between Abdullah ibn Umar and حفصة? Sibling, exactly. Abdullah ibn Umar is the brother of حفصة رضي الله عنها And who was she? زوج النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم So she narrated that أنها قالت يا رسول الله She said, O Messenger of Allah ما شأن الناس حلوا بعمرة That what is the state of people meaning how come they have come out of the state of Ihram after Umrah ولم تحلل أنت من عمرتك But you did not come out of Ihram after your Umrah So remember at Hajj he told the people that come out of the state of Ihram but he himself did not So she asked him that how come you did not? Qala, he said, إِنِّي لَبَّدْتُ رَأْسِي وَقَلَّدْتُ هَدْيِي That indeed I have done talbid of my head and also I have قَلَّدْتُ هَدْيِي I have garlanded my sacrificial animal. فَلَا أَحِلُّ حَتَّى أَنْحَرَى So I will not come out of the state of Ihram until I have sacrificed my animal. So we have discussed this over and over again that a person who brings a sacrificial animal with them, then they cannot do Hajj Tamattur, they must do Hajj Qiran. And those doing Hajj Qiran basically have to offer sacrificial animal and they cannot exit the state of Ihram until after all the rituals of Hajj. حدثنا آدم حدثنا شعبة أخبرنا أبو جمرة 
نصر بن عمران الضبعي قال تمتعت فنهاني ناس This is interesting. So Nasr bin Imran, he says that I did, I tamattartu, meaning I performed hajj tamattur. That was my intention. However, fanahani nasun, but people stopped me. Fasa'altu ibn Abbasin radiallahu anhuma. So I asked Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu about this. That is it okay for me to do hajj tamattur? What do you say? فَأَمَرَنِي So he told me, meaning he commanded me, he ordered me that yes, I can do Hajj Tamattur, and that is what I did. So he went, and remember in Hajj Tamattur you first do Umrah. So he went, he did Umrah, and we learn from other narrations that after Umrah, this person basically, he slept right by the Kaaba. Amazing, there was a time when people could do that. Now if you can barely reach the wall of the Kaaba, you're fortunate. So right there, as he was sleeping, he had a dream. And he said, فَرَأَيْتُ فِي الْمَنَامِ I saw in my dream, كَأَنَّ رَجُلًا يَقُولُ لِي As if a person was saying to me, حَجُّمْ مَبْرُور حَجُّمْ مَبْرُور Meaning, Hajj, that is accepted, that is full of good deeds. وَعُمْرَةٌ مُتَقَبَّلَ And also, an Umrah that has been accepted. As if someone was congratulating him, that you have done Hajj and you have also done Umrah. Two things done. So when he woke up, he went to Abdullah ibn Abbas and he said, فَأَخْبَرْتُ ibn Abbasin. So I informed ibn Abbas about my dream. فَقَالَ سُنَّةَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ So he said, it is the sunnah of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. What is? Umrah and Hajj and also Hajj Tamattur. How is it a sunnah when the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم himself did not do Hajj Tamattur? Okay, he approved it and he also recommended it, he told people to do it, and he also expressed his wish to do it. So, Ibn Abbas said, Sunnat al sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and then he said, فَقَالَ لِي, he said to me, أَقِمْ عِنْدِي, stay here with me, فَأَجْعَلَ لَكَ سَهْمًا مِنْ مَالِي I'm going to give you a portion of my wealth, meaning as a gift. قَالَ شُعْبَةُ فَقُلْتُ لِمَا So he said, why? Why will you give me wealth as as a gift? فَقَالَ لِلْرُؤْيَ الَّتِي رَأَيْتُ So he told me that it is because of the dream that I had had. So what's happening over here? Remember that فَنَهَانِي nas people stopped him from doing Hajj We discussed the reasons earlier as to why some of the khulafa told people not to do Hajj And also later on, there were other people also who continued to stop people from doing Hajj However, Hajj Tamattur has its own benefits, right? I mean, yes, it is a sunnah, but then of course you're going on one trip and you get Umrah done and you also get Hajj done and you also have, you know, a convenience in the middle where you're not in the state of ihram. So this individual wanted to do Hajj Tamattur and he went to Abdullah ibn Abbas to ask him. And this is something very wise. Right? Because sometimes you know you're doing the right thing, but then you start hearing so many opinions. People are telling you don't do this. Other people are saying do it. And you just end up getting confused. So who should you go to? Someone who is knowledgeable, someone who is reliable. And this person went to the right individual, Abdullah ibn Abbas. And Abdullah ibn Abbas told him to go do Hajj Tamattar. This is what this person did. And afterwards he had a dream. And he came and told Abdullah ibn Abbas about the dream. And Abdullah bin Abbas seemed to be very happy with that dream. Why? Because remember that a good dream, in a way, is a good news. It is good news. And a true dream or a good dream is, in fact, a part of, uh, you know, a very small portion of 
prophethood as we learned from hadith. So basically, you know, a true dream or in a good dream, what you see sort of gives you good news that what you have done is good. So over here, Abdullah bin Abbas was really happy with this because it was as if he got a confirmation for his fatwa. But then he didn't just rely on the dream. He said that, no, this is actually the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. But he was happy with this person and Abdullah bin Abbas gave him some uh, gift also. And this teaches us that when someone gives us good news, then we should give them a gift. They made us happy, so we should make them happy. We should reciprocate. حدثنا أبو نعيم حدثنا أبو شهاب قال قدمت متمتعا مكة بعمرة So Abu Shihab said that I came متمتعا meaning to do Hajj Tamattur to Mecca and of course when you come to Mecca for Hajj Tamattur you begin with Umrah your intention is first to do Umrah فدخلنا قبل التروية بثلاثة أيام and he said we entered three days before التروية Meaning we reached Mecca three days before At-Tarwiyah. What is At-Tarwiyah? At-Tarwiyah is basically Yawmu At-Tarwiyah, the day of At-Tarwiyah. And this is the 8th of Dhul-Hijjah. And Hajj begins on the 8th of Dhul-Hijjah. Okay? So in the morning of the 8th, basically, you put on the Ihram and you want to make it to Mina by Zuhur time. You should pray Zuhur at Mina. And it is called a tarwiyah because tarwiyah is to water your animals or to gather water for a journey. And before people would leave for Mina, they would, you know, of course prepare. And part of that preparation was to make sure that you had watered your animals well. So he said, we entered three days before, before a tarwiyah. So basically only three days were left for Hajj. And of course, if you're coming three days before Hajj, and you're going to do Umrah, and you're intending to do Hajj Tamatur, then you have some time without Ihram. So what happened with him? He said, فَقَالَ لِي أُنَاسٌ مِنْ أَهْلِ مَكَّةَ تَصِيرُ الْآنَ حَجَّتُكَ مَكِّيَّةً So he said, some of the people of Mecca said to me that now your Hajj will become Makki. Why? Because after Umrah, you're coming out of the state of Ihram, and then on Yawm Tarwiyah, you're going to put on Ihram just like the people of Mecca. You understand? You're not coming from outside of Mecca. You're not coming straight from Miqat in your ihram. You are going to start a new ihram from Mecca. So basically, your hajj is like that of the people of Mecca. And therefore, you're not going to have much reward. Meaning, because there is less effort, there will be less reward. So, of course, anybody, if they're told that now you're going to get less reward, it's not very pleasant. So he said, فَتَخَلْتُ عَلَىٰ عَطَائٍ أَسْتَفْتِيهِ I went to Ata'. He is also a great scholar amongst the Tabi'un. He said, I went to Ata' astaftihi to seek his fatwa, to ask him for a verdict. فَقَالَ So he said, حَدَّثَنِي جَابِرُ بْنُ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا So Ata', he was of the Tabi'un. He said that Jabir ibn Abdullah narrated to me that أَنَّهُ حَجَّ مَعَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ That he did hajj with the Prophet صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ Who did? Jabir radiallahu anhu. And when was this? Yawma saqal budna ma'ahu. He did hajj literally with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because it was on the day when he drove the camels with him. Meaning the camels that were to be taken for sacrifice. Jabir radiallahu anhu was driving those camels with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
So basically, Jabir radiallahu anhu was not just one of those people in the crowd. He was with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he said, وَقَدْ أَهَلُّوا بِالْحَجِّ مُفْرَدًا He said that they had only made the intention for hajj. فَقَالَ لَهُمْ Then the Prophet wasallam told them that أَحِلُّوا مِنْ إِحْرَامِكُمْ بِطَوَافِ الْبَيْتِ وَبَيْنَ الصَّفَى وَالْمَرْوَةِ That after you are done your tawaf of the house, meaning of the Kaaba, and you're done the sari between Safa and Marwa, basically you're done your Umrah, then come out of the state of Ihram. وَقَصِّرُوا And also trim your hair. ثُمَّ أَقِيمُوا حَلَالًا And then remain halal. Halal meaning you're not in the state of Ihram. حَتَّى إِذَا كَانَ يَوْمُ التَّرْوِيَةِ فَأَهِلُّوا بِالْحَجِّ And then when it is the day of Tarwiyah, meaning 8th of the Hijjah, then put on Ihram for Hajj. وَجَعَلُوا الَّتِي قَدِمْتُمْ بِهَا مُتْعَ And what you have done right now is mut'a, meaning basically you are doing hajj tamattu. فَقَالُوا So the people said to the Prophet ﷺ that كَيْفَ نَجْعَلُهَا مُتْعَةً How can we make it tamattu? وَقَدْ سَمَّيْنَا الْحَجَّ When we called it hajj, meaning when we started on this journey, we were intending to do hajj. We weren't intending to do umrah only. فَقَالَ So the Prophet ﷺ said, اِفْعَلُوا مَا أَمَرْتُكُمْ Do what I am telling you to do. فَلَوْلَا أَنِّي سُقْتُ الْهَدِيَةِ If I had not brought my sacrificial animal, لَفَعَلْتُ مِثْلَ الَّذِي أَمَرْتُكُمْ I would have done exactly what I am telling you to do. وَلَكِنْ لَا يَحِلُّ مِنِّي حَرَامٌ حَتَّى يَبْلُغَ الْهَدِيُ مَحِلَّهُ And basically I have to stay in ihram until... The sacrificial animal reaches its place of slaughter, meaning until it is slaughtered. So what happened? فَفَعَلُوا So they did that. So this is what Ata narrated to him, to Abu Shihab, that what you are doing is perfectly according to the sunnah, and it does not mean that your reward will be reduced. You still get the reward of a complete hajj. In fact, this is better because you're doing a complete umrah and a complete hajj. And we see over here the danger of, you know, speaking without knowledge. Because here is a person intending to do something that is in fact better. And people are telling him that you are doing something of lesser virtue. Right? And why are they saying that you are doing something of lesser virtue? Because of their ignorance. So sometimes it happens that, you know, based on little knowledge or based on ignorance, people will actually say what is not true. So we have to be careful. حدثنا قتيبة بن سعيد حدثنا حجاج بن محمد الأعور عن شعبة عن عمر بن مرة عن سعيد بن المسيب قال اختلف علي وعثمان رضي الله عنهما سعيد بن المسيب said that Ali and Uthman رضي الله عنه both of them had a difference of opinion and وهما بعسفان في المتعة and they were at a place called Usfan at the time. And basically the disagreement was over Hajj Tamattur. فَقَالَ عَلِيٌّ So Ali رضي الله عنه said, مَا تُرِيدُ إِلَّا أَن تَنْهَا عَنْ أَمْرٍ فَعْلَهُ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ You're only stopping the people from doing something that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم himself did. فَلَمَّا رَأَى ذَلِكَ عَلِيٌّ أَهَلَّ بِهِمَا جَمِيعًا And when Ali رضي الله عنه saw that, he put on he intended for both of them. Both of them as in for Umrah and for Hajj. So basically what's happening over here is that Uthman radiallahu anhu, just like Umar radiallahu anhu, would stop people from doing Hajj tamattu.
for the reasons that we have discussed already. And Ali radiallahu anhu disagreed with him a great deal. And Ali radiallahu anhu said to him that you are only stopping people from doing something that the Prophet ﷺ himself did. Did the Prophet ﷺ actually do Hajj Samatur himself? No, he didn't. So what is meant is that what he approved of. And basically, Ali radiallahu anhu showed with his own example now that this is something completely valid. So from all of these ahadiths, we see the permissibility of the three types of Hajj, but specifically the excellence of Hajj Tamattu. Next is, Bab man labba bil hajji wasammahu, someone saying the talbiyah for Hajj and specifying it. Specifying it, meaning, when you say the talbiyah, labbaik Allahumma labbaik, labbaik la sharika laka labbaik, can you also say labbaik Allahumma hajjan? Because labbaik Allahumma means, here I am, wallah, hajjan meaning for hajj. So someone specifying, because when you're saying labbaik Allahumma labbaik, it means that, oh Allah, I am here for your worship. Which worship? Can you specify that in your talbiyah? So this is the question. The thing is that when you repeat, especially to yourself, what you're doing, it sort of keeps your mind more focused. So for hajj, a person would say something like, labbaik Allahumma hajjan. For umrah, a person would say, labbaik Allahumma umratan. So here, Imam Bukhari brings a hadith. حدثنا مسدد حدثنا حماد بن زيد عن أيوب قال سمعت مجاهدا يقول حدثنا جابر بن عبد الله رضي الله عنهما قدمنا مع رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم. So Jabir رضي الله عنه reported we came with the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم ونحن نقول and we were saying لبيك اللهم لبيك بالحج. So you see, they were saying لبيك اللهم لبيك for حج and in their talbiyah. They were specifying hajj. So this is something that we can also do. It doesn't have to be every single time that you're saying the talbiyah, you say, I'm here for hajj. But every now and then, you can say it. فَأَمَرَنَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ فَجَعَلْنَاهَا عُمْرَةً The Prophet ﷺ instructed us and we converted that to umrah. Right? Because remember, they set out only for hajj. He told them to do umrah. So they did umrah, came out of ihram and then they put on ihram for hajj again. So basically, this can be repeated with every talbiyah or every now and then also, it can be done. Bab al-tamattur. Again, Imam Bukhari brings the topic of hajj tamattur over here. Haddathana Musa ibn Ismail, haddathana Hammam an qatadata, qala haddathani mutarrifun an Imran radiyallahu anhu, qala tamattarna ala ahdi rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Imran, meaning Imran bin Hussein radiyallahu anhu, he said that we did tamattur during the time of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And then what happened? فَنَزَلَ الْقُرْآنُ And then the Qur'an was revealed. Meaning, ayat were revealed regarding hajj tamattur. قَالَ رَجُلٌ بِرَأْيِهِ مَا And now there is a man who says of his own opinion whatever that he wants. Who is he referring to? Umar radiallahu anhu. So basically, Imran radiallahu anhu is expressing his disagreement with Umar radiallahu anhu. Okay? But see, there is a way of expressing your disagreement. He simply said that we did Hajj Tamattur in the lifetime of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. There are verses of the Quran that approve of it. And now a person is giving their own opinion. So he made it clear that this is from the Sunnah. And when Bukhari brings this hadith over here to show the virtue of Hajj Tamattur. Now, a little bit about the chain over here, the sanad over here. I want to talk about some of the people mentioned in this 
chain of narration. So first of all we have, Imam Bukhari says, حَدَّثَنَا مُوسَى بْنُ إِسْمَعِيلِ Musa ibn Ismail narrated to us. So Imam Bukhari is taking the hadith from Musa ibn Ismail. And Musa ibn Ismail is known for his knowledge of hadith. And in fact, it has been said about him that if a person has not taken hadith directly from him, then they will have taken hadith from someone who has taken hadith from him. So either you are his student or you're a student of his student. And of course, this is for people who came after him, right? Or his contemporaries. So definitely, he was someone very knowledgeable of hadith. Then we have Musa bin Ismail. He takes the hadith from Hammam. Hammam, this is Hammam ibn Yahya. And we learned that his father was actually a butcher. And he was a great scholar of hadith. And he learned hadith from several tabi'un, Hassan al-Basri, Ata, Nafir, Qatada. And over here in this chain, he is taking hadith from who? An Qatadata. He's taking hadith from Qatada. Have you heard of the name Qatada before? Qatada is Qatada al-Sadusi. And he is a tabiri, meaning of the generation that came after the companions. And he learned from companions. In fact, he learned from Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu. And Imam Qatada was a scholar of Arabic, history, tafsir, hadith. And the amazing thing about Imam Qatada is that he was born blind. So how do you think he learned? Just by listening. And how do you think he retained information? By memorization. Because he was born blind. And he is known for his sharp memory. And Imam Ahmad said about him, that Qatada was ahfaz, meaning his hifz or his memorization was the best. And he wouldn't hear anything except that he would memorize it. And he said, I read to him the sahifa, the manuscript of Jabir only once, and he memorized it all. So just by listening to something once, he was able to memorize it. And Imam Qatada would also say, that al-hifthu fi al-sighari kan-naqshi fi al-hajari. Al-hifthu fi al-sighari kan-naqshi fi al-hajari. That memorizing in childhood is like carving on rocks. Because when you carve something on rocks, I mean the design will stay. So just like that, when a child memorizes, then whatever is memorized, it stays with you. And Imam Qatada was also very knowledgeable. And unfortunately, people did spread many lies about him. Someone said that we came to Kufa, where Imam Qatada was, and we wanted to go and sit in his study circle and learn from him. And some people told us that, oh, he's like this and he's like that. So this person said that we didn't go to Imam Qatada. Right? After we heard those rumors, we didn't go. And later on, we found out that he was completely different. So then we learned from a student of his. So sometimes it happens that people spread false things about certain individuals. And Imam Qatada was one of those people. But the legacy that he left behind continues till today. And Imam Qatada was also a dedicated student and teacher. We learned that he would even learn the Qur'an in the month of Ramadan and teach it. And also, 
one of his students, Mutarrif, who was mentioned in this chain, he said that, مَا زَالَ قَتَادَةُ مُتَعَلِّمًا حَتَّى مَاتَ That Imam Qatada remained a teacher until he died. Meaning he didn't retire from teaching. Then now I'm just gonna, you know, take it easy and just gonna rest and enjoy my family. No, he remained a teacher until he died. And he was also a devout worshipper. So it is said about him that he would complete the recitation of the Qur'an in seven days. In seven days, he would complete the recitation of the entire Qur'an. And when it was the month of Ramadan, he would complete the recitation of the entire Qur'an in three days. So what does that mean? Ten juz a day. Subhanallah. And yet, these are people of, you know, they are people of knowledge, giving fatwa, you know, interacting with people, helping them, and still making time for ibadah. Then you have, after Imam Qatada, he says, I took hadith from Mutarrif. Mutarrif is who? Mutarrif ibn al-Shikhir. And Mutarrif is the son of a companion. His father's name was Abdullah. And Mutarrif narrated hadith from his father. He also narrated hadith from Ali radiallahu anhu, Abu Dhar radiallahu anhu, Ammar radiallahu anhu, Uthman, Aisha, and several other companions. And Imam Mutarrif, of course, known for his knowledge, so many people took the knowledge of hadith from him. And we also learned that he was actually very, very well off. So he was very knowledgeable and he was also very rich. But the thing is that right now, he is known for his knowledge, not his wealth. Because what has remained is his knowledge, not wealth. And he would say that if I sleep through the night and I wake up regretful that I didn't worship in the night, that is far more beloved to me than I spend the night worshiping and I wake up being impressed with myself. Meaning if I sleep through the night, I don't wake up for tahajjud, and in the morning I wake up sad, that I wish I had gotten up. I would rather be like that than spend the entire night worshipping and later on being arrogant about that worship. And he would say, one of his du'as was, Allahumma rda'anna, O Allah be pleased with us, fa'illam tarda'anna fa'afu'anna. And if you are not pleased with us, then pardon us. How beautiful. That O Allah be pleased with us, and if you are not pleased with us because of something that we're doing, then pardon us. He takes the hadith from who? From Imran bin Hussein. Imran bin Hussein is a companion and he embraced Islam in the sixth year after the Hijrah. So in the year of Khaybah. Basically, he met the Prophet wasallam at, at the same time as Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu. So Imran bin Hussein radiallahu anhu, he was sent by Umar radiallahu anhu to Basra to teach people. And the people said about him that out of all the people that came to Basra, Imran bin Hussein was the best of them, meaning the most beneficial for the people of Basra. And one thing interesting that we learn about him is that he had some stomach illness for about 30 years, like a serious chronic condition. And despite that, he was so beneficial to the people around him that Hassan al-Basri said, and also Ibn Sirin said that out of all the people that came to Basra, he was the best. 